Throughout our lives, we encounter moments where we are tested, moments where we are forced to rise to the occasion, moments where we may be broken down but come out on the other side better, stronger, transformed. A rite of passage is defined as a ceremony or event marking a critical stage in someone's life, especially birth, puberty, marriage, and death. However, for those familiar with the New Blood Rising podcast, we simply refer to this as a best of luck spot. All right, everybody. It's that time of year again, WrestleMania week, and it's first contact day too. So if you're a Star Trek nerd, you know what that means. But for us, it's best of luck. I hope you'll enjoy our intro here. I am Jason Kiesler. On the line with me, I've got William Rinkin. Good evening, Captain. Oh, Godspeed. And Charlie Stabile. Real quick, so I got a question for you, Jason. So, 2063, you think you're going to be around for it? Oh, uh, Will, I'm a type 2 diabetic and I'm obese. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> But I got I get my second shot in two weeks, so whatever. Can you imagine what that'll be like? The massive disappointment. <laughs> well, there's no Vulcans. There's no nothing. There's no warp speed. There's just uh, <laughs> yeah. It's just another day in America. <laughs> and we're we're somehow because of the previous four years and what happened were somehow the Terran Empire. We're the ones where the Vulcans arrive and we shoot them and go, take their shit! So, um, instead of the peaceful one that we hope to be, but hey. But, anyway, Star Trek jokes aside, Hall of Fame was soon. They had to mess with our stuff. They knew what we were doing, so they go, hey, guys, let's do the Hall of Fame on Tuesday. So we're recording our best of luck spot. We appreciate all the countless submissions sent in by everyone some really good ones some ones that didn't make the cut some that someone may have actually died so just a heads up if someone is actually dead please don't send it we're not a snuff podcast yet but uh that's season six yeah yeah (laughs) season six (laughs) death to everybody um so looking at this so you know i'm excited about wrestlemania as excited as you can be nine straight days of wwe content on tv it's kind of freaking insane um so i'm not watching all that can you, but so on that to, on that note like when i watch the movie gladiator like when when commodus rolls back into rome and he's like yo let's get some stuff going on here then it cuts to the center he's like games 150 dice of games i was like 150 days of coliseum stuff i mean that is some booking buddy that is a lot of booking that you got to be doing for 150 days. I mean, Jesus Christ, like what, five months of... <laughs> I mean, that is a season of death. Wow. Can yeah, you, you would think that? by being it's a gladiatory combat that by day 20, they're to the, like, Tuesday lunch shift strip club quality gladiators. I mean, they're, that's the shotgun Saturday night guys are, are in by day 10. Like, you're down... <laughs> you, that's who you've got going in. And, uh, I mean, I, I just want to bring up, cause like we haven't talked anything about, I, I'll be honest. I can't tell you the last thing of wrestling that I've really watched. I've, 
I, I know that two major things have happened. Like NXT like ran to Tuesday nights, and Chris Jericho is going to be on the Broken Skull or on the Steve Austin pod. So it's like it, it's really neat that like it's not like they lost. I'm not saying WWE lost, but it's kind of cool. They're like, you know what? Let's just cut this crap. Like let's just. You know, we know things aren't working out real well on our end. So why don't we just like, I don't know, not be assholes like it's the 90s again. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. Because, I mean, I'm not trying to be a WWE fan, like stand up for him. But to be fair, NXT isn't moving because of AEW. NXT is moving because NBC Sports shut down their channel. And so they're distributing their sports network across all the other NBC Universal stuff. So USA is going to get hockey on Wednesday nights, and they're like, guys, more people watch hockey than wrestling. Um, no, I mean, it's so. yeah, I mean, like it's it's one of those things that like you know, depending on what side of the coin you fight. If, if you if you're not a WWE fan, you ran with it all the way home, and it's like it it's doesn't it it's not the same thing as uh, as the '90s. But you know what? Hey, it's good content for some people. But man, oh man, like. I when the, hearing Jericho going to be on Austin's pod, that's so cool that like they're doing something like that. Like that is really really cool. Yeah, it it is pretty neat. Um, on that, but that being said, besides Jericho doing his surprise appearance on the Broken Skull podcast, how about Charlie Stabile's surprise appearance on our podcast? He's been quiet. I just want to make sure he's there. I mean, well, pretty much said uh, what I exactly what I feel. Like I haven't been keeping up with anything. I heard about that other stuff. Um, yeah, it's well, way to Robert De Niro right guess wrestling. Sucks. <laughs> pretty much, like yeah. It, yeah. <clears throat> it's 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 the worst that's ever been for me. So I, I just I still play wrestling video games a lot, and uh, like I just got a Retro Mania on the Switch, which is a lot of fun, you know. So it's like okay, I guess I'm still a wrestling fan. And then the second I look at it, yeah, you know, it's like, ah, like what? It's like some of these, some of these things that we've got that we that we've looked at here. The, the Canadian destroyer into the audience, like, it, like, or or into those wrestlers that are just standing there waiting like a bunch of idiots. That's not for me. Real quick, just like, this does is... anybody like WrestleMania is this weekend? And I'll be honest, like, I yeah. don't have anything that like I'm. I don't really know one match. To. Yeah, not one. I don't like the edge stuff. I don't like how they've had to like mess with what was a good story. And now like you have Daniel Bryan in there because it's like you, it clearly you're signaling that you're going to try, you're going to have, you can have the distinct possibility, not say it's going to happen, but distinct possibility Roman can drop the belt without actually losing. And it's like, ah, man, like it, I don't know. Like it just, it doesn't seem like it still just feels like it's been in a funk since Royal Rumble 2020. Like it just has not been the same. And last year, of course, the Boneyard match was so much fun to look forward to, regardless of what it, how it may have turned out for some and what they thought. It was something fun to look forward to, you know. Right. I'm. I'm kind of torn. I'm. I'm wanting the Randy Orton Fiend thing to be a cinematic match because. The, all the crap they've done, there's no way it can not be with the stupid magic and, you know, having the fiend being burnt alive, <laughs> it was, was fun. And then when he came back and like his mask was all distorted, I figured maybe he'd wear like a suit, but him coming out all crispy was a like, I like camp. I, I think it's fun. 
you know, but it, it's, it's just too much. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. But speaking of burnt, our first great transition inductee. You're welcome. I, I mean, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> our first, <Wow. laughs> our first inductee into the 2020 Hall of Fame comes from our friend and sponsor, Chris with Main Event Candle, and Chris is going to go over his best of luck spot. Hello, this is Chris from Main Event Candles, and good evening from England. First of all, we'd like to congratulate you on a stunning best-of-luck presentation so far. Here are the results of the Main Event Candle Jury. Our 12 points for Best of Luck Spot 2021 goes to Penelope Ford and Chris Statlander in Perspex Panel to the Face. This is of course from a very recent episode of AW Dynamite, occurring during the Arcade Anarchy Main Event Tag Team Match. In a scene reminiscent of the movie classic Toy Story, Earth's favourite alien, Chris Statlander, breaks free from her claw machine prison with a powerful display of strength. As she forces the presumably bulletproof screen from the machine, Penelope Ford feels the full, brute force straight to her unprotected face. No doubt high on adrenaline after a lengthy layoff, Statlander gives it all she's got and swings for the fences. With no time to lift her hands and protect herself from the impact, Penelope takes one for the team, leaving an exact replica of her makeup smeared onto the perspex. It hits her and hits her good. Her head moves back and to the right. Back and to the right. Wait, wrong show. Anyway, the shockingly brutal spot is followed up by an air hockey table spot that seems safe in comparison, yet still best of luck worthy. It was a great return, a great match, and a best of luck spot that will be replayed again and again. Penelope Ford and Chris Statlander, we salute you. We hope you enjoy the rest of the night's proceedings, and remind you that you can still use the code best of luck, or one word, to receive 20% off your orders at maineventcandles.com. Stay tuned for exciting new developments in the crazy, crazy world of pro wrestling related soy wax candle making boys it's back to you all right so what do you guys think chris statlander coming back after being gone for a year and as charlie put it how did you say it charlie the barbershop window when the barbershop window gets thrown through you yeah so (laughs) poor penelope ford's makeup is still probably on that plexiglass um, and the, I don't know what she calls her version of Seamus's white noise, but off an apron through a hockey table would the only thing I think would have made this part better is if one of the announcers would have had the wherewithal to yell goal. Um, <laughs> but Tony Schiavone kind of slipped into his, our season one, Tony Schiavone, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Um, kind of bit, but it's still a really, really good best of luck spot for me. What'd you guys think? It's funny. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Charlie. It's great. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's good. It's fine. No, it's great. It made it kind of startled me at first, and uh, I've watched it a few times. It's absolutely worthy. Uh, even if she'd been able to get her hands up, I think it still would have been worthy. But you know, thank God she couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I just think of Dumb and Dumber. Get off the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got me mad. I think I like it. <laughs> So, 
Got you. And so, again, thank you, Chris, from Main Event Candle. Thank you for the 20% off. Remember, it's best of luck spot, all one word, at maineventcandle.com. They got a shorter, easier to remember website. And here's something that's super cool. He said that there was some more wrestling candle related goodness on the way. So, guys, we have a candle. New Blood Pod has a scented candle. I never thought in my life that I would be a scented candle. So we have the best of luck candle. It is ember and musk. Because, like your intro said, you go through a best of luck spot, you're transformed. You're through fire. And everyone will know it. And so you, too, can have a smell in your home or your room that doesn't smell like the place burnt down, but smells like you've you've been through some shit. It's a really good candle. I can't wait to get ours. We're each going to get one. Um, you can get one, too. And I want to go ahead and say thank you to our winner, Aunt Aofi. I don't know how to pronounce your name, but at Yardy316. You submitted so many best of luck spots for us, even before we were, hey, you get a candle. Um, you were doing it last year, too. So we want to say thanks and get that. So you're going to get a best of luck candle. Um, so next year when we're going through and getting ready, just light it up and get in the mood, play some Sting music, the the basses, not the wrestler, and, <laughs> and get on to it. So thank you again. So guys, let's get into it with our fan entries. Great job, so, Auntie. Great job, Auntie. That's right. Thank you. So the first listener category was name this move. So we had Glow Season 4, GTC, or Go to Coma, the Olive Garden <laughs> Fuck Money Buster, and the next back thing. So what wound up winning pretty handedly is the Olive Garden Fuck Money Buster, a.k.a. Virgil does something to a guy on the old WCW Saturday Night rotating thing, and then kind of just tries to walk away, and it's like I think someone stops him, like, no, no, you get back in there and, and, and live in what you just did. Um it is fucking crazy looking. So it, it's definitely check out our Twitter and our Facebook. We'll have the, the winners up too. But right here. So, Will, what do you think of Olive Garden Fuck Money Buster? I mean, the thing is, like, like Virgil Vincent, like, nowadays is sort of like, he has this aura of just being this joke. You know, like, uh, uh, you know, there's so many ways you can tackle it. But, like, basically he is a, he is a comedic, like, thing in wrestling and especially when he pops up in AEW it's just it it just is it's good for laughs but it's funny to th- like and and we all remember like Virgil like the the especially that awesome match with DiBiase at SummerSlam 91 and you know that those few months that Virgil was you know viable as a million dollar champion before he was eaten by like everybody including Yokozuna over and over again and then when, I just it, isn't it kind of funny that like his name in WWE is Virgil as a pun on, or it's supposed to be like a slam on, you know, Dusty Rhodes. But then when he goes to WCW, he's Vincent. And I was like, oh, that's, 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 it's always kind of funny how they did that, how they tried to get that back or whatever. But it's funny, like, remembering, trying to, remembering what, what did he actually do in WCW besides just get his ass whipped by like every baby face that was fighting the NWO. And it's like, oh no, there's a reason why he didn't wrestle much. And this is why, because <laughs> he just straight up, just straight up, I I don't do we recognize this jobber? Does anybody recognize him? I don't know. I couldn't see his face, and no one knew who he was after this anyway. I do love the like the walk off, like oh yeah, that's well you know it happens. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> uh, but what'd you guys think, Charlie? Um, I mean it's great. I'm trying to remember. Um, 
is Virgil now a two-time Best of Luck Hall of Famer? Because uh, I remember very specifically that spot in the Yokozuna match where Whoa. he had the brilliant idea of trying to inside cradle a 500-pound man. <laughs> yeah, and, dude, and I think uh, I think he just sat on his face. Yeah, he just yeah, and I, <laughs> yep. yeah, I, I, I'm, I think we, I think that got in last year. It, I want to, I want to say so. Congratulations, Virgil. Like <laughs> he's the he's been inducted as Virgil and Vincent. That is wild. And he's the only, if he is, he's the only person to ha- be a best of luck spot and give a best of luck spot. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. He has his own wing now. <laughs> it's just as viable, trust and, me. And when you're in the Virgil slash Vincent wing, you're family. <laughs> we'll be getting an invoice from you. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Hall just comes by once a month and pisses on it, you know. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's move on. So one of our, the favorite things is the, to people like, and I'm not like where Charlie mentioned earlier, you know, Hey, this wrestling isn't for me. A lot of people don't like the independent wrestling style because there's 18 million false finishes. And these guys will do crazy moves and it only winds up in a two count, which brings us to our next category where we had TLCD, AKA tables, ladders and Canadian destroyers. (laughs) I got to process it. We didn't go over this, and Table Edge Lord of the Ring. So the one that won, barely beating out, I got to process it, which is a damn shame, was we didn't go over this. That's Which no. is, <laughs> Charlie, is... you go ahead and describe it, because I think you hit it earlier with what the guy was trying to do. Yeah, so I watched it enough times, because you, know, you see enough of these, you go, okay, what were they trying to do? I'm pretty sure he was trying to flip the guy over his head on the top of a cage, but... Flip him over his head into what would basically be an, an X factor, and unfortunately, uh, he flipped him too hard. It's pretty hard to control a guy's feet with his head, and they just fall all the way to the floor. The guy goes feet first through the table. Uh, it's it's just terrible. I mean, I I wanted I got to process it to win too, but uh, I'm not upset that this one. <laughs> I'm not upset either. I I. Uh, I, I... Man, it, it is funny. Like I, what I love with these is the like watching for the moment when it all goes wrong, like like that exact moment where it's like, oh no, like there's clear recognition that this is going bad, and it's that going out of that because it's it starts in a fireman's carry I think right, and it's going to be into like you said that face buster. So it's just the way he super flings him. It's like my oh, fuck it. <laughs> Keeps on going. <laughs> so, We're committed now. I know. <laughs> you do. Well, like, do don't you wonder, like, where him, did the match go? Doing? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, don't you kind of wonder where the match went after that? Like, where does the match go? Inside Cradle. <laughs> to the ER. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably got a, had another uh, one of those spots where they they're constantly countering each other and then they both do a drop kick at the same time and then stand up and stare at one another and then i'm sure the other guy bladed with a fluorescent light bulb but um i don't know like that that kind of stuff like i mentioned like it's it's crazy i think instead of will he was i don't think he was doing a, a fireman's carry i think he was like holding him like he was going to do like a razor's edge like a rude awakening or something uh, see it looked like oh, a rude awakening you. to me yeah okay it's hard like to he tell was just holding him by the neck. Starts, it starts at a weird spot, and there's like that giant light behind it that is covered in smoke. Um, 
for that, you know, four by three ratio to preserve the artistic integrity of the independent wrestlers. <laughs> um, <laughs> look of it. So it just crackly on that. But what a part I like is when we'll say player one, let's go with player two. Player one, somehow, as he's falling, his legs get further down than player two. And so it just turns into a coup de gras as well through a table. Um, so it's just, it's so insane why these guys do that. I mean, you know, I, I get it. You're wanting to make a name for yourself. So and some let's of take stuff, a step like, back. Let's go back to the locker room before this match. So, so man, I really want to do this thing. Like, uh, when we get up there, you know, there's all this shit going on behind us. I, I just, I, I really need to do this. I want to do this high spot. Are you on board with it? Yeah. And the guys are kind of afraid to say no. Cause he's like, you know, he's like, I don't want to be a pussy, you know, like I want to get up there and, We'll follow through with it, and and then I want to see like the dialogue afterwards. Like, man, that match went great. It's like, are you serious? Like, you could have killed me. Like, what happened? He's like, oh man, that thing. I thought that came off great. Like, no, it didn't. Like, the match was done. Like, I'm going to the hospital. My arm is gone. Like, it. I've like I need a Martin Riggs my arm so that I can get, go home. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> Uh, one guy said, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to X-Factory on top of the cage. But what he didn't tell the guy is he only had one eye, so his depth perception was way off and couldn't tell that he was that close to the edge. I don't It's By the way... Maybe. Go ahead. No, I said maybe. Yeah. Either way, player one and player two, because we don't know your names, we're working on... A, no, that's not it. It's that we didn't go over this. You're a best luck spot winner. Next up, make sure your volume's way up for this one. We got the... Uh, best of luck audio so we had bonsai drop the next generation for whom the bell trolls we're working on our takedowns and yosemite sam versus the tree <laughs> and the big winner here surprisingly was yosemite sam versus the tree um and real quick before we go into this one i want to apologize for some reason when i was putting these up i did not put on the working on our takedowns I'll put it up there. It's truly something. It's very fun, uh, but it didn't win. I was hoping for whom the bell trolls would win because karma, when you complain about people file sharing 20 years ago and then you're playing online and the online streaming service Autobot that picks up copyright stuff, copyright covers your own music when you're playing it. It's pretty damn funny. The drum beat was the same. That was the best part. <laughs> it, I mean, it, it looked like Lars was really playing those drums for a second. That's how good he is. He can play drums to yeah, music he's not right. hearing. Which is how he plays all the time, right? Anyway. All right. Um, <laughs> but Yosemite Sam versus the tree. What you got, Will? I mean, just from from Jump Street, when this video starts, and you just hear this guy like, No! No! God damn it! Like, that is... It's awesome just because, like, I've... You know, I'm, I'm around roofers a lot now, so, like, I kind of get, like, the... the you know the the mentality of these guys like you know and stuff like that like when they're when they're on these kind of wild jobs like this but tree cutting is is the thing that's not this we we you cannot figure out by the video is is this the homeowner is this the contractor the guy who's cutting down the tree or maybe it's maybe it's the homeowner trying to be the <laughs> trying to be the 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 uh the tree contractor at the same time i don't know because man like i can't tell you how many times you hear about this happening but Luckily, there was a camera on this guy just because, like, his just his anger and disappointment are fantastic. 
fantastic. Because you just get the sense that, like, the wife is not home. And she will be coming home, like, in the next 20 yes. minutes. And there's going to be some explaining that has to happen with this. And I, I don't it, it, <laughs> This guy is totally, like, I'm so glad this guy wins. Because um, I just totally feel his pain. I like how you're like, oh, this will be able to be cleaned up in 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like, Gotta hurry, my wife will be home in 20 minutes. <laughs> Cue a montage. <laughs> it's fine. Um no, the the one of my what I like about it is if you the way the video starts is you hear the guy screaming from the abyss, but he's screaming no no before you notice the tree fall. So it's like the moment he cut or whoever cut, they realized I fucked up. I cut on the wrong side of the tree and just start screaming. And it's so loud and powerful that are they just gonna like try to sonic blast it the other way? But it's it's great. All it's missing is some guns just to going off. For the Yosemite Sam bit um, <laughs> on here. So, what about you, Charlie? It's like, uh, it made me think of, it's like the first five minutes of a Home Improvement episode, and then the next 15 minutes is going to be him trying to get it cleaned up before the, the wife gets home. That's what it made me think of. It's something straight out of Home Improvement. Uh, it's not wrestling related, but it's pretty damn funny. Uh, I can't believe the tree didn't like, do more damage to the house. I mean, I'm sure it did a lot, but I thought for sure that it was going to go right through it. And I love the guy in the street who is running in the opposite direction. <laughs> just wondering where he even came from. And yeah, the guy screaming like he was, before you could even tell what was going on, was my favorite part. It's like, how bad could it be? And then you look you see the tree start falling. <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I want to say that this was probably the hired help because I, I just feel like if it was the husband, he would just be silent. <laughs> you know, you think so? I think he would just be silent and, and just like mortified, like, like basically, you know, terrified beyond the capacity of rational thought. Mm. Or this is like the worst day of it. Like this is like the, this is the end point of what has already been an awful day. And it's, yeah. like, and it's like, all right, I gotta, I'm gonna go cut this fucking tree down. Oh shit, no! Like, <laughs> either that or it was the the end of the best day. He had just paid off the home. <laughs> yeah, that house was two days from retirement. Um, before that happened. So Charlie, when you said it was the hired help, you're not talking about answer to double jeopardy question, are you? Slaves. <laughs> I can't believe that. Watch Double Jeopardy, the first the, episode the of The timing Aaron was hosting, perfect. Folks. I would have never seen that had you not texted it to me. I gotta watch uh, it. Yeah, because I was like, I gotta see, I gotta see this prick host Jeopardy, and that woman's answer. I, I just, I, I actually had a discussion with it uh, about it with Dad. Like, I paused it. I was like, What do you think she meant? And he goes, It's got to be reparations. <laughs> that I've also, I don't think I've ever seen anyone. Say the word slaves with such a with pitch that much gusto and a smile. <laughs> um, so where were you yes. on January sixth, ma'am? <laughs> Not studying for Jeopardy if you used to watch that game. And the champion Scott, oh my God, some asshole will some asshole on Jeopardy is just leaning on his podium like he's that just weird holding court in a in a high school classroom like he's the cool substitute teacher just leaning in on it one elbow Aaron Rodgers just letting him do it guy getting questions wrong right and left his tie seemed to get looser and looser as the round went on it's tremendous hmm. fuck he looks very God. comfortable 
Anyway. How did how did Rogers do, by the way? He was Terrible. as stiff as a Seamus punch. Yeah, he was atrocious. Like, just no energy, just very monotone. Uh, he's the, I mean, I didn't see any of the Dr. Oz ones for obvious reasons, but he's the worst one that I've seen. I have no idea what they were thinking. Right. It makes me wonder how many takes those State Farm commercials have to do just to get him to the point he's in in those. Right on. Okay. Yeah, but, plus I'm sitting there also going, I bet he doesn't know the answer to most of these. Yeah. <laughs> you got CTE, Aaron Rodgers. You don't know this. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know <laughs> But, you know, State Farm, insurance, vehicles, leads us to the fourth category. It's the New Blood Pod Crush Hour. So we got Slavery. Fat and Furious Tokyo Drift. Sometimes you're the bug, the 360 splash, and that'll end your precious field trip, you little shit. Pulled a Billy Madison quote for that one. And the winner, not surprisingly by a mile, is Fat and Furious Tokyo Drift. Awesome. It's tough to beat. Yes, she was. But, uh, (laughs) like, a little bit ago when we were talking about, I wonder how the rest of that match went. I wonder what happened to that car. Um, and I don't mean that nest like that insulting either, because you know, those sports cars built for drifting, they, they're not, they're not like made to hit things. So, and she just walks out and just takes it and goes right on the hip too. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. It was pretty fucking bad. Um, I, I just, you know, God bless her. And God bless her new hip. Oh, yeah. For our entertainment. I mean, it, it was like Hitman Blood Money, like, uh, ragdoll effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like in Snatch, or was it Bullet Tooth Tony that got hit by the van that they showed in, like, 30 different angles? Or was it the white-haired guy from Chicago? Oh, it's, um, it's Bullet, and, and it uh, bores the blade? And he the one who gets hit by the... I think so. I, it's been a long like, time. Yeah, yeah. But you just see it. That's what this one's missing. I mean, it's all these people hanging out like at street races. I There's got to be like 35 other angles for this freaking hit. <laughs> yeah, that's a... Man, I mean... Uh, I'd like to see your insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's... we all know she quit her job to be at that race. It was important. <laughs> Or whatever was going on. I'm I'm not a street racer. I've only I'm, I've only seen the first five minutes of Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, so I don't know where it goes here. But I mean, what else can be said about this one other than she got knocked the fuck out? Well, I'd say her uh, more than just her hole is going to be hurting. That's for sure. <laughs> well, it's foreshadowing. You know the rule. Now we got to talk about it three more times, or it's not foreshadowing. <laughs> I mean, but the, damn. <laughs> the fifth listener one inspired partially by Randy Orton. We got Flippy, Dippy, and Dive um, is this category. So we got Bullseye, Fix Your Hair, Long Dart. He fills the hand of the Invisible Touch, and See You Soon, Poppy. And the winner, this one was a lot closer than I thought it would be. Actually, no, it wasn't. I just looked. There was another one. But uh, Bullseye by 73%. Um so I'm glad 14% of people got my Phil Collins joke. But uh, Bullseye will walk us through this one. 
Um, uh, I'm blanking on this one because I'm getting this confused with the Darby Allen thing. Help me out here. Bullseye. It's the one where the guy does the suicide dive and the guy moves out the way and the guy fits perfectly through oh, the slot of the a chair. steel chair. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. This is the one I was saying. Like it, the 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 crowd is the best part of this uh, because they really do act like. Oh, that happened two matches ago. Yeah, we're that's fine. This happens all the time. But the slow mo is what I'm glad it's attached to this. So you can see how this guy just really does like just fit perfectly, like in 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 between the parts of this chair. I mean, again, like you just kind of wonder, you know, uh, <laughs> how does this impact the match going forward? <laughs> you know, because yeah, it does. Uh, does seem like this guy's gonna be uh. Well, he's going to be out for a little bit, but man, that's a, I feel like we've seen this one before. I feel like this one has been around circling a best of luck spot hall of fame ring for a little bit. It's been, uh, it's been campaigning hard over the last few months to get on here. So yeah, it's the is, rush of the hall of fame. Yeah. I mean, it does also come down to man, like, uh, like again, what's the conversation afterwards? Like, so what the fuck dude, you know, uh, it's going to let me do that. Huh? <laughs> Well, I mean, I saw Miz walk out of our truth's way, and he got Ooh. the championship belt ten years later. <laughs> but yeah, I'm sorry, that's about all I got on. Charlie, what'd you think of this? An instant classic. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm happy that the video replays itself in slow motion, because the first time, my brain didn't process it. I thought he just collided into the chair. I didn't know that he was eaten by the chair. <laughs> And, you know, so I'm watching it again. I'm like, oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's like when you miss the ending to a movie and then someone explains it to you. Oh, that's what happened. Jesus. Yeah. So absolutely. It's that was going to I always thought that was going to run away. Good pick. Yeah, guys. Good job. I I'm the same way. At first, I was like, eh, it's just a guy creaming big. Oh, wait a minute. He's wearing that chair like a skirt now. So. I wish there was a little more footage of them having to come out and kind of stop the match while they cut him out of the chair or, or cut whatever. Cut him out of the chair. Just pull it down. They get the wrestling version of Jaws of Life, which is just a plier with the dude on steroids from the back um, kind of thing. So it's it's pretty gnarly. I just would like to know how it would turn out if the winner, if the lady from the winner of uh, Crush Hour, Fat and Furious, tried to go through the chair. <laughs> she gets hit by the car <laughs> through the table or through the chair. Oh my god! Now that's someone trying to get on the show. <laughs> that's. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen dudes get hit by cars before, um, on our show. But you know, and, and those guys that were trying to get hit by a car, they're just dudes that want to be a wrestler. Category number six is everyone wants to be a wrestler. One of Will's favorite sayings: Everybody wants to be a wrestler. Not everybody wants to be a wrestler. Um, as he goes, so our our options were bulldog as a finisher. The DTA, don't trust anybody, fall. I ham the table and <laughs> white boy bummer. And the winner for this one was white boy bummer. Um, I'll start this one out because I'm so disappointed that Bulldog as a finisher didn't win. <laughs> Me so too. figured. Because to zoom in on the crying kid. It's a bulldog doing a bulldog. Yeah. Like, the only way it could have How been better is if win? when the dog walked away, he put on a bolo hat and put a cigar in his mouth. <laughs> but White Boy Bummer looks like a tremendous fucking backyard party with an above-ground pool 
And some dude's like, I'm going to jump off this porch. And somehow does the Brock Lesnar shooting star press, but lands between the pool and the porch and fits through that six-inch crack. It <sighs> is, And the fact that when the way he bends when he lands, too, and everybody's just like, oh. And then goes back to partying. It's fantastic. I hope, you know, he spent his entire summer, like, drinking barbecue through straws um, on there on it. So, you know, good for him. What you got, Charlie? It wasn't my pick, but it, I mean, it was effective. <laughs> that's pre- like, that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I went campaigning hard for the ham. I ham the table. I was hitting the streets, handing out leaflets. And I was like, this deserves to be the winner. This deserves to have a ring. Uh, it deserves to be a best of luck spot Hall of Famer because I ham the table is just fantastic sound. Like that deserves to be in the sound category for the sound of the impact. But anyway, I don't know if you guys knew this, but this guy this guy was having a hell of a summer because just the day before this, he went flying through the ropes and went through a, a chair. <laughs> so, <laughs> he, he is the skinny guy. I mean, he may wind up being the husband of of our Warrior Award winner, old Chemo Thor. But I mean, <laughs> I, I I like. Uh, I like, I like your campaigning. Well, I like how you hit the streets. So when you were out pounding the pavement, did you see the imprint in the streets there? <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I, I saw it all. I saw that bulldog trying to give more bulldogs to other bulldogs. And <laughs> oh, I just love man. the idea of a best of luck spot campaign. We rent billboards, <laughs> rent the digital billboards so they can just play the gifts. You're just going down like a busy highway. It's five o'clock traffic. You're going. God dang it, today was the worst day ever. I fucking cut a tree down. It went through my fucking house. And is that a 300-pound woman falling off a balcony? <laughs> just amazing. Amazing. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's just kind of kind of crazy that that happened. A lot of that isn't related to wrestling, you know, because these people want to be wrestlers, and they want to be wrestlers because wrestling is real. Our seventh category this one was a close race up until about an hour before we started recording. This one was running at a close tie. And the categories with this one were winners, nominees were Disaster Flick, Mullet Crushing Finale, Chelsea Green, Tough as Fuck, and Scott Steiner, Kaiju. And Chelsea Green was beating Scott Steiner. Then they got to the top. Uh, 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 uh. You know, Scott Steiner <laughs> had that bad year. You know, his Shoney's had to close down. Oh, it did? Yeah. Will beat me to my joke. Scott Steiner was out campaigning. He was telling all the fat asses not to vote for the, not to vote for Chelsea Green, to vote for him. And they did. And so right. with 44%, just, Scott Steiner Kaiju takes it. I want to start with this just because it, if watching this, this is exactly how Charlie can attest to this. This is exactly how I play the video games with Scott Steiner. <laughs> it's get a move off like the finisher and then go pose. <laughs> like just cover him. <laughs> Will you just did a lockup and a and a snapmare pose, big papa pose. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this uh, tough. Fantastic. Anything I mean, else besides that's how I, mean, I play games. In all seriousness, the Scott Steiner, like the Steiner screwdriver, is a phenomenal move. Dangerous as fuck, but one of the greatest moves to watch happen because you're simultaneously like, oh my god, that 
this is going to be awful. And like, that was awesome. Do it again. So yeah, I, always a good time. And always in the video games look just like, just devastating <laughs> to your opponent to count. It's like, no, why? It broke his neck. Charlie, what'd you think? It looks dangerous as hell. Uh, especially in this iteration, like it looks like his head hits the mat to me. So I was, which might, I don't know, Steiner, I mean, it's funny to see Steiner as we, like, the caricature version of him that we know, but looking the way that he did when we were kids. Yeah. You know, it's like, God, it was always there. Like, when he's running around doing all that posing and stuff and saying, bitch, and, you know, and, fuck, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy to have Scott in. Yeah, he's welcome. I'm sure he'd rather be in this Hall of Fame than the other one. Whoa. Yeah, one of my favorite parts of this video clip, it wasn't mine. I wanted Disaster Flick to win. Disaster Flick, guys, it's an epic. It's a four-minute thing. Definitely take a look at it. It's a disa- I named it Disaster Flick because it's got an avalanche without an E and two towers. So we, we got something in here. Oh, don't worry. It's, but, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rescue that one. It's okay. Yeah, Will's got it. But the best part to me of Scott Steiner and Kaiju is the beginning where Scott Steiner's voice, it seems like it's coming from another place because he his looks like his mouth, you know, it's the video, I'm sure it's pixelated. looks like his mouth only opens to say one word, but he ain't getting up from that echoes through everywhere. It's the boom that woke up the mother boxes. It is just, it is there. And then he just picks that guy up. I didn't look up his name, plants him, and then just poses like, like, we're like we like to joke, rookie baby faces doing their little hot comeback spot where they get the drop kick and then look at the crowd like, yeah, do you love me yet, Dad? Kind of thing yeah. um, on here. So, but it's Scott Steiner always well deserved and welcome with anything in New Blood. And um, was he? He's in our not, Hall of Fame he, before I Hogan. He, I, I was. Is he not? I feel like he, if he's not a double winner, he's been close. Because I remember there was a Frankensteiner that did not go right, and he got really mad and just thumped the guy afterwards, like really bad. Like, <laughs> I do you guys remember this? You know what I'm talking about? Like it was a Frankensteiner that just the guy did not know what to do clearly, and Steiner got pissed and just looked like he just just started throwing some haymakers at. <laughs> you know, well, until we get a physical best of luck spot Hall of Fame, I don't know if there's gonna be an easy so way. So funny. Just I love that, that joke. That's a great joke. It's not just real. Walking. It's not even real. <laughs> the best you just walk in, there's <laughs> fucking hologram is it holograms or like holo presidents animatronics reenacting the freaking things. I just want awesome. if there is a Hall of Fame, I wanna have like re you, you know, when you go into a museum you can have like you can put in some earphones and you can listen to an audio track. I want a Scott Steiner commentary of my experience going through all of the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this loser. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch! <laughs> he's just a piece of shit <laughs> That's my even if you're not in there you can buy like someone you can go to the wwe hall of fame and they're like oh would you like to pay an extra ten dollars to rent a headphone he's like nope brought my own and he just walked in and recorded himself and, and, and is like selling it online eminence front three bucks a pop playing too like on loop while he's going through and narrating it for you I like it if he came across some of the wrestlers that owed him money that have since passed away, and he just steals he just steals things from their section of the Hall of Fame to pay back for it. Oh my god! <laughs> so the Scott Steiner Hall of Fame is there. 
And the question would be is whether or not, probably not, because it's Scott Steiner. I don't know if uh, Darby Allen would get his own wing in the Hall of Fame, but Darby Allen's getting his own wing with our nomination. So here is all four of these are Darby Allen moves. And Darby Allen, I, I know you guys don't, yeah, like you mentioned, you hadn't watched a lot, of, you know, really keeping up with AEW. I didn't know who the hell this guy was until the AEW's, like, first pre-pay-per-view pre where he fought Cody to a time limit draw. I'm like, all right, this guy's tight. This dude is, he's a fucking ragdoll, like Terry Funk, without getting the stupid punch-drunk look. He's like, a, 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 I guess a good way to do it is a skinny Terminator. Like, people just beat the shit out of him. They do weird, and then he'll get up. And it's not the the poor poor bastard from Disaster Flick no selling like he's selling it he just gets up so we've got Backcracker Barrel you guys okay <laughs> how much is that Darby in the window and oh shits and ladders and the winner for this one is how much is that Darby in the window um on here so I'm I'm a little more familiar I I don't know if you guys watched this cinematic masterpiece that was the Sting and Darby Allen versus Team Task Street Fight. Um and I it's full. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it. How did it compare to Boneyard? Uh the problem with I'll say the AEW one is they did commentary during it. Oh. Instead of like, you know, the Boneyard match it was just like we're somehow seeing this. Right? Yeah. And 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 but the commentary like and it was Tony Schiavone, Taz, Jim Ross and Excalibur and Taz is in character and it's like there he's like oh yeah like they, they kind of he's like yeah we prepared for this sure you know kind of thing and, and but it's it's chaotic too because there's at first you think there's only going to be two guys but Darby Allen and Sting roll up with the putties with Sting masks on and well Sting paint and they had like this cool blend of Darby's face paint and Sting was half painted Darby, half painted like himself. It's kind of cool, you know, like a good dad would. Um, and there's drone camera work, but when you're doing a cinematic match and it's over this big of a building and there's that many people, because later Taz's son and the other guy and his team show up and start beating him up, so there's too many people to keep up with. But it was it was pretty fun because you get. You get this spot, which I'll go over in a minute. You get the spot from You Guys Okay, which is Darby jumps out of like a two-story window and elbow drops Brian Cage onto a platform that is also elevated by like another floor. And the best part for that is Sting just walks over and looks down like, hmm, glad it wouldn't me. Um, That's what should have won. It's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. There's a, uh, there's a spot that, that Brian Cage picks up Darby Allen and holds him in a stalling suplex position while he walks up a flight of stairs and then kicks over a metal trash can and then suplexes Darby Allen, so that's impressive. Um, and then you also get this spot, which is Will Hobbs and Brian Cage just kind of swinging poor Darby Allen. So Darby, let's let's walk, break it down. Darby goes through glass into brick, and then the wood frame of the window cracks him on his head. And he's up in a few minutes. This is where he was down, so they can all gang up on Sting um, for uh, later on. And, and Charlie, you will love this part, because Sting is about to get mauled, and Darby pops out of that window before he jumps out of it and yells, Sting, and throws his baseball bat to him. 
And in my head, I immediately went to Army of Darkness where he goes, Chosen One! I was just hoping Sting would, like, jump up and the bat would, like, perfectly fit in his hand. Um, that would have been cool. It, it would have yeah. been cool, but it was it was still good. So, But this is this is real fun. This is a good pick of, of these. There are some others of his I couldn't find gifts for. Um, but this is definitely of the four, other than you guys okay for the funny bit of it. This is a good one. What what you think, Will? Again, man, like I, um, I, 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 and I think part of it is like, as a as a as a general note for all of these, like your um, your names for all of these are phenomenal, and you guys okay, perfectly encapsulates that, and I can just hear that as I see Sting look over, the, <laughs> look over that rail. So I hate to take away from the actual winner. I just that's the one that I I couldn't stop thinking about and laughing about was 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 Stinger walking up to the railing like, "Huh. Well, that's too bad." <laughs> that's but um but nah, man, like the um it I mean, uh yeah, I I don't know what with the with the window falling on top of him like, you know, I guess it's a nice added touch. Good for the kid. You know, he's getting a, he's get I'm sure he's living out a dream doing that. So you know, good form. Charlie, what'd you think? I got nothing else. I'm I'm useless. I love when he went through it and I was like, Oh man, that was bad and then it falls on him again. Like after after he initially went through it, I was like, Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah, because it's like yeah, that, I mean it pretty much goes according to plan until the second thing happens. Uh I, I know a little about this guy. Um there's something about these little wrestlers that wear face paint. Like Finn Balor, it makes me think of Finn Balor, and it's just—it feels like truly a gimmick. When I see this, you know, it's not like Sting or someone like uh, Great Muda or something like that. It's like it's like the face paint is the character with with a lot of these uh, newer guys. So I, I haven't really gone into more of what this guy's all about, but I mean, he's clearly given his all. So that's great. I mean, getting to team up with Sting's pretty cool, and and his spots are pretty devastating. I I was really, even though it wasn't that in, like impressive, I was kind of pulling for Bat Cracker Barrel, but I think that's because of the name. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that was an actual Cracker Barrel from Cracker Barrel. <laughs> well, I didn't yeah, know that. that was from All Out, and Cracker Barrel was their sponsor, and that was that had Cracker Barrel burnt on. That's it, great. So it's cool. <laughs> Um, Willow, here's one thing, part of me, like, Darby's promo, like, part of his promo style makes me think of you and laughing with our joke about Fotentious, because he will do, if he's not doing a live promo, his, like, video packages were ones that, like, he's doing himself, and they're black and white, and they're, like, he'll have, like, Tony, he'll have, like, skateboard people, he'll do crazy stunts, but he reads, like, this, he'll, he'll do this thing, like, he's starting a feud now with Matt Hardy, and Matt Hardy's gimmick now is he's big money mad again. And he's in front of a, a movie screen or something, and it's projecting, like, Matt Hardy stuff. And he's like, I grew up worshiping you. I was a little guy. You're a little guy here. And then he comes out, and he's wearing a, a printed, clearly just printed on paper, Matt Hardy face with one eye cut out so he can see. And he's talking about that, and he's standing behind a pile of burning money. And it's all black and white. I was like, this is college film student all oh, over. Yeah. And it's so, like, I, oh, I love yeah. it. It's really good. I like it. Um, and I just part of me is thinking, like, Will would like it too, just because it is different. It's not just oh, someone sure, going. Oh, of course. Like, hey, man, go for I mean, that's the thing. Just be different. It may not always work. Like, you know, we, 
you know, all of us, we talk about sometimes the wrestling style. Like, I mean, hey, some of these Canadian destroyers off of ladders through chairs into the crowd on onto people that are just standing there. And it's like, oh, you know, but, you know, I, I, it, you're, you just keep trying stuff. Something eventually sticks. And then, you know, just keep doing that until uh, people don't like it anymore. So I know, man, like, I, I appreciate, I appreciate what he does. Like, I, I've, I've definitely heard a lot about him. I've, I remember seeing the skateboard thing he did with Jericho where he, he jumped off a skateboard and attacked Chris Jericho, which was like, oh, okay, oh, that's nice. But, he uh, tore up a he tore a guy's back up because they put tacks on the bottom yeah. of his skateboard, and he jumped off the top turnbuckle and then put his skateboard on and raked down a dude's back. Oh. Didn't... Oh. They, they give AEW a lot... Like, it wasn't, like, gory, but the dude was clearly really pissed. Um, but, and then they, he's, they were doing this thing of, he comes out in a body bag or he'll put potty bag and, uh, his, some of his best stuff is with Brian Cage because out of on here, like three of these spots are with Brian Cage, Brian Cage at one battle Royal, they put Darby in a body bag and you couldn't tell, you know, body bags are pretty narrow. And even though he's not a broad guy, he can't like space his back out to take a flat back bump. And they powerbomb him from the ring onto the stage while he's in a body bag. Um, which is, you know, kind of brutal because, you know, powerbombs are real fucking moves. Powerbombs are not meant to be countered. And that is our ninth category. I'm trying with these segments. Man, you're killing it, I'm Jason. really trying. On the fly. No. Um, we've got Tuck Your Kidneys, Dusty Rhodes, M.D., what a maneuver. Oh, no. And that'll do, Pillman. That'll do. And <laughs> give it up for Sid again, Sid and Brian Pillman, as that'll do, Pillman, came out on top, barely squeaking by Dusty Rhodes, MD, which is perfect for the call. Just the audio on this one is the call. Um, but that'll do, Pillman, with Sid powerbombing Brian Pillman from... Our War Games match, the first one we did, you know, the match beyond, the one that ended with a no call. Oh, so, I was wanting to name it the, the match beyond the hospital, but that was a little brutal. But this one, I mean, we, we covered it before, but still just seeing it here and, and just by itself isolated. It's like Sid forgot that he's almost as tall as this cage and slung Pillman up and then just comes and he just lands on his... I don't know. I can't tell if it's on his neck or on the back of his head. And even Sid just puts his hand on him. And he's like, that'll, I, I just, that's where he goes. That'll do. Or he puts it on. So, uh, Charlie, what you got? <laughs> I'm surprised that it didn't go in last year. Uh, it's, it's a great spot. It's, it's not the first time that the war games cage is roof is too low, but it's definitely the most memorable one. Uh, I, I have nothing else to say about it. It's it's a horrifying spot. Yeah, I think, if I'm not mistaken, didn't this have a little bit of backstory to it? Like, there was some... Uh, this is more than just, like, Sid doesn't understand the height of the cage. I think there was something. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, like but for more on that, uh, check out our episode on the first War Games, going all the way back almost to the beginning of Season 5. Because yeah. I think we hit it there, too. Yeah. Yeah, we talked. Yeah, about we've definitely talked about the match in full because it stops yeah. the match. Like it basically stops the match. Like that's why that match just kind of ends. Like it's just it's 
just really weird because up until then, I think, I think like we've said, like war games can be pretty fun, but then like it definitely gets to that point where when something like this happens, it's like, oh no, it, it kind of careens. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sid was pissed at Pillman about something because the, th- the thing that's weird about the whole thing is uh, Pillman's feet touch the, the roof and then it's like, it's like he touches them so hard that Sid just has to drop them. But Sid is really strong. Like, he should, like, that shouldn't have caused Pillman to go down. Like, Sid should have still been able to hold on to him. But I think there was some heat there. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the commentary. And it looks like there's a little bit of heat there. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> well, it looks like someone left the Denny's tab open. <laughs> what? Those are my favorite. When we used to talk about when guys are going nose to nose in their jaw jackets, like, you want to go to the Red Lobster again? I had a great time at the Red Lobster. I'd love to go again with you anytime. <laughs> I like how your your default to every wrestler is Austin. <laughs> every single one. We could be watching. Absolutely. Like, Will, it's Okada versus Tanahashi. What are they saying, Will? Well, let me tell you, you took me to the Ribera Steakhouse. Dude, how about, can we just say real quick how fucking awesome that trailer is for Steve Austin on that A&E biography? Like, the very first thing, this is why, like, I'm so glad you get somebody on the outside doing this. Because I like, what's the difference between Stone Cold Steve Austin and Steve Austin? Well, uh, well, there ain't much of a difference, I guess. And it's so, so fucking funny. Like, that is awesome. <laughs> well, I think is, if it if it is outside, like, if it's a full, like, you know, full deep dive all these people are oh yeah let's watch it oh steve austin's so cool oh and then i got some trouble for some special boosts <laughs> like this and then it's, i'm not doing it to make light he just that just comes up you're like oh shit <laughs> so you know mm, those look like they're gonna be fun all of them so it, it should be pretty cool i had a dream the other night i don't know how this happened i had this dream that steve austin gave a stunner to idi amin the dictator from africa and the... <laughs> i know who he is what <laughs> and, and he exploded like he hit the ground and just exploded and just like guts and everything <laughs> well frank drebin sent him through a window once <laughs> Steve Austin in The Naked Gun from the Files of Police Law. That's a nice uh, nice beaver. I knew it. That All is a those nice men beaver. stabbing that guy, Frank, it was Shakespeare and the Spark. God damn it. When I you got to six... stop firing the gun while you talk. Having I trouble hearing you. bastards. That's my policy. I can hear a guy in the back row booming, but I can't hear... No. He just slips into his same old freaking stories. Nice beaver. <laughs> Don't worry. Nordberg will be okay. Bullet misses heart by cut hair. I mean, it's just... Uh, just, man. Now I, now I want that. Well, we're just... I just need the police squad siren. With just the, the Steve Austin theme. It's just... I do want to hear Austin's rendition of Frank Drebin's rendition of the national anthem. Yeah. yeah it, 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 look, look, I, look. It's word for Rico. word. <laughs> it's Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> so funny. Steve Austin versus Reggie Jackson. Oh, yeah, uh, Mr. October. <laughs> Is this an official bat? <laughs> 
did you, so before we get into our last tiger that's the way i gotta go (laughs) before we get into our last category which is just a mishmash but you know when they were doing a little bit of, of media for wesley snipes before coming to america came out and he the, it came out that he was in the running to be Jordy LaForge. And then it was like also the guy from, I can't remember his name, but the guy recently passed away. that was an alien. He was in James Bond and everything. He oh, was it's gonna uh, be a Charlie cat. stepdad. Yafet Kodo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. That's my pop. Well, <clears throat> neat. Um, I lost my pop. <laughs> but, uh, where there was also, also in the running to play Jordy LaForge was Reggie Jackson. That's awesome. And I'm just trying to think wow. of, buff reggie as you know jordy was jordy was just a helmsman at first just got some freaking jack dude sitting behind the helm and meanwhile they're like trying to make look at this klingon he's all tough looking <laughs> works like half the size of the helmsman it's <laughs> it's awesome just cries like i just trying to imagine especially the stiff wooden stiff you made reggie jackson doing techno babble be mm, be awesome but i'm glad lavar got it lavar for the host of jeopardy by the way and in our final Couldn't be any worse than what happened tonight. <laughs> well, I wonder how he would have reacted to slaves. <laughs> She'd have been, oh, weren't you? Kotick? Yes. He wouldn't finish the sentence. Yes, I was. Um, but the final category, the EST of the REST. So we got Shucky Ducky Crackback, unlimited power. I got to awesome. say it. Someone do me, someone give me a Palpatine with unlimited power. Uh, unlimited power. Unlimited power. Oh, oh wow. wow. Oh, he went episode nine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, that is terrible. You went episode that, nine. That was, that was clone <laughs> William Rinkin. Um, so, and then we've got, he didn't get all of it, but it got all of him. And Sid Vicious is my favorite. The reason why we went, I was, we're going on that little ramp there. Vamp was, I was waiting on the final tallies to come in here because this one was almost close, but barely beating Sid Vicious was he didn't get all of it, but it got all of him. Which featured Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston. And Lance Archer, I'll go over it. Lance Archer is doing a, trying to do a choke slam from inside the ring to the apron. And as poor old Eddie Kingston goes up, he doesn't quite get all the way over the ring. His leg hits the rope. Archer's momentum pushes him really hard onto the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> ass first and neck first somehow at the same time and then poor eddie just falls on the ground and, and eddie's really good at selling but that looked like i hurt like a motherfucker um what you got chuck can we just induct the hardest part of the ring there we go. into the hall of fame yeah i mean it's it just it's i think we've got like three or four things in the night that are that are strictly from that that it's just not a good idea like was he what was he just trying to choke slam him to the floor? Like, was that it? Because like that's I, I don't, I, yeah, exactly. Because I don't think any amount of chin tucking is going to be able to stop that. Yeah, it's it, it's just a stupid spot. Like, and that's the problem with with all of this, with the whole theme of this, is that everyone's looking for their oh shit moment. Everyone's trying to get the crowd, which isn't even there by the way, to start chanting holy shit. And it's that ECW after effect that uh, me and Will used to talk about, like the TNA used to try to run with and 
WWE fans just seem to go up in arms when just when a guy will do like a moonsault to the outside or something. And it's, it's, it's just like the worst of pro wrestling. And yeah, this absolutely gets in because this is, this is one of the best of the worst. I, I just don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. Um, this, um, this is one of those like in revenge. Like remember when revenge, like if you're on the apron, if you did a strong grapple, you could power bomb. You could reach and grab him through the rope and power bomb him to the floor. Yeah, Kevin Nash could do yeah, that. It was the coolest when you discovered that. It, it just it felt awesome. like it, the game just got so much better when you discovered that like Nash had this secret power bomb that he could do. That I don't know if anybody else could do it in the game. I don't remember, but um, um, this is a, a situation where like in real life, no, like uh, this is, it's it's like I mean. If there's anybody who's been campaigning harder against the apron moves, it's been it's been Charlie. So that's definitely his bit. So I I don't think I can add any more to what he has to say about anything has to do with apron moves. But man, oh man, like this definitely like this when you watch it, all I can hear is <laughs> the guy just just bungles it. Just <laughs> like I mean, I I don't even I really don't know what to. I keep, again, like as we've always said throughout the years, so what was the plan here? You're going to get him over the rope onto the apron. Did you really think it was possible? Well, it wasn't. So thank you for um, for trying. Char- or, uh, Jason, what would you think? Well, here's what I'm doing. As the precedent set 20-plus years ago by Henry Rollins when he hosted VH1's The List, which to let you know, The List was when VH1 got, they rotated hosts, which is cool, and they got people to sit around and they had four panelists and they each picked two things and the audience picked two things to create the top 10 list. And then of the top 10 list, they would pick the winner. They would do like most shocking bands, uh, best songs to have sex to blah, blah, blah. Well, Henry Rollins was hosting an episode about the best protest songs. And I forgot who the guests were. I tried to find it. But I clearly remember this because as a Henry Rollins fan, this stuck with me. As the show kept going, Henry kept getting more and more angry as they would do their say Everybody would do their number two pick, and then they would do their number one pick. And when the last person did not say the song that Henry Rollins thought should be on there, when they were done, before they cut the final break, Henry Rollins looked dead in their hard cam and said, I'm invoking my right as host to add the greatest protest song in the history of time get up stand up Bob Mar- Bob Marley to this list and when they came back it won. So, I'm invoking my power oh, of host wow. to get rid of the hardest part of the ring for the EST of the REST and do something very unexpected and I am putting unlimited power into the best luck oh, spot Hall of Fame. Here we go. This is awesome. Whoa. Great. I, um Wait a minute. Uh, Wait, Seth Rollins like is cashing in money too, in the so, bank. All right, so yeah. what you just did reminds me of, all right, and again, like, you know, as the years go on, like, I don't think we'll ever stop referencing the THQ wrestling games. Charlie and I recently joked about the No Mercy storyline. If you do the No Mercy storyline, doesn't matter who you are, it, or the, maybe this is WrestleMania 2000. I for, No, it was WrestleMania 2000, I think it was. Maybe it was. It was Charlie, help me out here. It's the one where, like, if it, it, you could go undefeated, you could win the WWF title before the Royal Rumble, but if you didn't win the Royal Rumble, Vince just walks out and is like, guess what? I'm taking the title off you. I'm giving it to The Undertaker. And that's that. And it's like, yeah, wait, I why? think that's no mercy. But I just remember it was like, but 
why? <laughs> why would you do that? Right. <laughs> All right, that bit died on it died on the table. So what else you got? Well, here's what we got. We're gonna take a break. We've got a great surprise for you guys. We'll be back in a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, salt and pepper. <laughs> that guys not only did i book as patrick stewart but i got salt and pepper to do their version of what a man for lawrence taylor from back in the day talk about a song that aged well <laughs> so appreciate all the listener submissions for everything had a blast going over it but now it's our turn it's the host pick and this isn't one that i have to invoke some ancient vh1 precedent for this is us. I'm going to go first. My host pick as the 2021 New Blood Pod Best of Luck spot goes to Asuka and Matt Riddle for We're Live, Bro. I, this was incredible. I can't believe it happened. Now, there's stuff coming up saying that it is or was supposed to happen because they're, they're trying to do this meta character about him being stoned and all this stuff i don't care that is ballsy as fuck to come up and and to not even just try to keep going with it to just go you, you think these uh scooters are big in japan japan yeah guys i forgot my and leaves he fucking leaves poor oscar to just die on the vine <laughs> so she just goes into i'm quirky oscar i'm gonna make a face god bless her but it is fun. Like, it, it, I, I loved every bit of it. I, I wanted something in here because I knew the listeners were going to send us some some potentially brutal stuff and some, some classic stuff. So I wanted something to go in that really encapsulated the, we're, the Thunderdome era for WWE. And to me, something <laughs> like that happening is, is as good as it gets. What what you think, Charlie? I mean... Like, there's a lot of stories coming out about it. Like, uh, like anytime someone set, you know, goes up to a person of, um, you know, from Japan, for instance, and says, do you think these are big in Japan? My ears immediately perk up because I'm wondering what the rest of it's going to be. You know, it's, and a lot of people are saying, oh, they wrote something. I mean, you never know what to believe with this stuff, but, oh, maybe they wrote something racist for him to say, and he just wasn't comfortable doing it. And now they're like, well, he forgot it. He walked off. Watch Vince turn this into a character of, for him where he's just an idiot. 
the whole time. I mean, he wrestles without shoes, and, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, and Asuka, I mean, she sells it just fine. I think she's annoying as hell, but she plays it just like the character that she's been portraying since she came to WWE. I don't really know how else you could have handled a situation like that. Uh, but, I mean, this is, these are the kind of moments that uh, WWE is really lacking these days where you don't know if it was real or not. And for that alone, I think it was a major success. Yeah, um, I, I liked it. I really did. I mean, I liked it just because it was, like, cool. It was finally cool just to see somebody, like, just, um, I don't know. It was just, what I thought was neat was, like, just committed to, the, it's not like, I compared it in my mind to, hey, we're live, pal. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. You know. As like, I was saying. As I was saying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, like, I, I when I, um. When I saw it, because the more I've watched it, I'm like, this may have been like, like they may have had something in mind with this. Like it doesn't look necessarily like it's, it's completely, but he he makes you believe that, believe it enough to where you're like, huh, that that probably could have happened. Um, yeah, I thought it was fine, man. Like I I don't know what my expectations are for for Matthew Riddle uh, as a professional wrestler, but um, uh, it's entertaining, man. It's cool. It's again, it's something different. Just you know, just go with it. And, you know, I admire the, I admire it for it. Like, you know, just, just stay with it. Like he didn't do too much. He just, he said his little thing, walked off, didn't try and do anything extra with it. Just walks off. And to Oscar's credit, she sold it perfectly well. Like it's a really good little bit. Like it's a great bit backstage. Yeah. It is tough to tell if that was planned because the character they've been building for him for a while is he walks, he now uses the scooter, but he would come up to people in the back and just start like talking stupid, like, "Hey, you want to go into business, man? I'm thinking of doing bro nuts, like, and just talking, like it's this weird, like PG version of Jay from Jay and Silent Bob." And the week before this happened, he came up to Seamus on his scooter and was like handing Seamus the scooter. It's like, "Yeah, man, we can go into business. We can start selling these scooters." And he's like breaking down the schematics of the scooters and the car. Co- like, it, it was kind of funny because he's, I think he's doing like a cost analysis in real time from a stoner and Seamus is just looking at the scooter and then just rams the, the bars of the scooter into Riddle's chest and Riddle collapses on the ground. And while Seamus storms off, Riddle's like there catching his breath and just goes, was it something I said, bro? I was like, that is, that's great. He's not just laying there like dead. Like what seems to happen to every wrestler or non-wrestler when they get hit outside of the ring. I don't, this, the one thing they still haven't solved is what do people who are holding the microphone do when the wrestler walks away? Mm-hmm. That's still just like the, uh, like, look, looking perturbed, looking off into the distance. Like, they never can just, like, end the segment. Like, they have to linger on the interviewer. Yep. And they're mm-hmm. told to stay there. Yeah. Like, Renee has said it on her podcast before. Like, she was talking, so she goes, yeah, we're just kind of, kind of told be there and she's like they don't want us to as interviewers to really be personable and become outshine the superstars and i'm like you don't but i mean like mean gene didn't outshine him he was just he had a personality and would would add so much to it no you know he didn't add it on accident like what's your name from wcw ambulance match you know he 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 tried and he worked on it and it was so when you saw mean gene it was like especially with certain people you're like oh this is going to be fun because they're going to play off this each other as opposed to hi i'm generic announcer what are your plans to win 
and then they just take the microphone and go on a soliloquy. Right. And the other guy just stands there like, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. <laughs> and then if they get attacked, they disappear. Or if the wrestler walks off, it just cuts back to them. I think it's like Vince played the SmackDown versus Raw games and with those awkward transitions where it was it was really just loading what was happening next. And Vince is like, oh, this is amazing. It just lingers on them. Let you be in the moment. Like, no, Vince, it's loading in the moment. So that's what I think we're going there. So that was mine. Host pick. We're live, bro. Charlie, you're next in the rotation. What you got, man? So it's called the Centon Acupuncturist. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, this is absolutely terrible. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was nails or anything, but I think it's toothpicks. So it's, it's Japanese wrestling. I don't know who the wrestlers are. I couldn't find any more about the clip, but this, uh, one wrestler is laying face first on a bed of thumb of, uh, toothpicks. And this, I don't want to say 320 pounder wrestler goes off the ropes and does a senton into the guy and it's bad enough that some of the toothpicks are sticking out of his chest and his stomach, but there's one specifically that's sticking into his face. And there's just nothing that compares for me like, to this. Like, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> I, th- did you see this, Will? Yeah. Because it's, it's, yeah, it's... Okay, good, yeah, good. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know... I mean... What were they thinking? Like, because like, this this is the kind of thing that they go over in the back. And dude, I've got this rad idea. You know, let's just go on. And, like, I mean, first of all, the guy's face was already on the the toothpick, so it's like, well, what do you think's gonna happen? You know, like you you got to have some overlay. You can't be like right up against it. And I mean, this guy just, I mean, he's so big i mean it was it's just inevitable but and it took me like five or six viewings to see that that they that they were sticking into his chest too like i didn't see that until later on because i was just so mortified because it's, it's it's like right on his uh right on his mouth basically is what it's doing which hey that's not what the toothpicks are for but that there's just nothing that i can compare to that like, like that's a, i'd rather get i'd rather get body slammed on thumbtacks than toothpicks like you can get a splinter. <laughs> that was, this is horrifying. Yeah. Like Jason, I mean, what did you think of that? Well, when you say it's a bed of toothpicks, really takes the sting out of it. It's like it's a, I like it's like it's a bed of nails. That's a bed of toothpicks. Well, how many toothpicks? Two hundred fifty-six toothpicks before Wapner. Um, I just it is. It is brutal because it's like this this green foam that they're putting all the toothpicks in or whatever they are. Like now you got me calling them toothpicks because these are big fucking toothpicks. Uh, when the guy stands up after having his face smashed into it, the green foam section is like breaking apart. And there's that just section that is sticking to his mouth. And I didn't notice the part sticking to his chest at all because I'm just looking at this bloody mouth full of toothpicks or whatever it is just hanging there and the look on the guy's face is like who I, I am fucked I? Up. who am i <laughs> where am i, am I? <laughs> what am i eating and why am i here and 
it, he looked so confused, like the guy wasn't supposed to land on his head. Like, you know, the chest spot. Like, I'm cool with you doing the chest spot, but he kind of misgaged. Well, so. when you're that girthy, I mean, you can't really take chances. Hey. Uh -oh. You're right. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's pretty fucking brutal. It definitely is. Like, like, like we go, you're a changed man when... When three inches of multiple pieces of wood go through your lip, um, that's oh. for darn sure. So, what do you got, Will? All right, so um, I mentioned earlier, like, so mine's kind of a combo just because I could not let Disaster Flick go down. Um, I have, um, it's, well, all right, it's the it's the way it's labeled on YouTube. It's, it's, like, just type in Sid Vicious versus Jobbers, and you're just going to have a great time. Um, any one of these is deserving of this prestigious honor. The one I picked is this squash match where just like when the music hits, out comes, here comes Sid to face Lee Scott from Myrtle Beach. Um, and he just proceeds to just annihilate him. Like, there is nothing more fun. I, I Boy, I, really, I don't know what's happening to me, but like my two favorite wrestlers of all time are almost going to be Scott Steiner and Sid Vicious at this point just because the entertainment value is incredible like they're what they are truly one of one like you you're never like there's there really hasn't been like any attempt to duplicate those guys they've tried to duplicate austin they've tried to duplicate you can't duplicate sid and scott steiner it just doesn't work but in this case with sid just watch the way he just annihilates like there is an art to the big guy destroying like a jobber there's truly an art to it especially when sid just walks in and there's no messing around he just goes right into beating ass and it's just it all right so with lee scott especially when he does like the standing clothesline and it's just a complete 360 like you know when you're thinking yep. back to like the early 90s like that wasn't like a bump everybody was gonna do like that's why like i actually give i give a jobber like like i give lee scott in this case like a lot of credit because like he's he makes the most of of what's happening here and everything so it's a it's a damn good time comboed with that is let's talk about disaster flick because this has all kinds of goodness with it now it's one of those like if you combine this with the undertaker's story that he tells when he teamed up with dan spivey that like spivey like would routinely just kind of get into these spats with people be it their enhancement talent be it that they're um, uh, people like the road warriors it doesn't matter but when uh First of all, like, look, you can tell, like, nobody cared about these guys because their graphic, like, Mike Blackwell, so B is capitalized, but well is a separate word, not capitalized, so just Blackwell, you know, whatever. Um, and then his buddy is Avalanche with no E on the end, who's like this Louis Anderson looking dude wearing a singlet meant for, like, Virgil or something. Like, it's tiny. The tiniest singlet ever for, like, the fattest guy you could imagine. And out come the skyscrapers, and they are ready to rock and roll immediately with Teddy Long, which is the best part of this, maybe, is the fact that Teddy Long is their manager and they come out ready to rock and roll and again like as soon as it starts avalanche who's like the heavy of the group literally like he's the fattest fucker in the ring and you just see like 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 spy or spivey just grabs him just throws him out of the ring immediately <laughs> non-factor his avalanche like just done and then mike blackwell who looks like you know he could hold his own in a if it came down to a roadhouse barroom brawl or something like that it looks like he could hold his own he starts fighting with the skyscrapers and he's no selling all their moves. Well, that's a bad idea. 
And, you know, you wonder if, like, they, they kind of talk things through maybe a little bit in the back and maybe there were some missed wires or something like that. I couldn't imagine that happening with Dan Spivey and Sid, but whatever. And sure enough, man, they just whack. They just keep beating on this guy. And this guy gets up, like, maybe it was snowing a little bit there. I don't know. But this guy just keeps going. And then eventually, like, the nastiest power bomb, the nastiest clothesline, they get the pin. Avalanche, meanwhile, has not reentered the ring. Like, he takes such a tumble that he just leaves the match for good. And then um, when the bell rings, Avalanche comes right back in, and you think, okay, maybe he's going to get some heat back. Wrong. He's immediately thrown out of the ring again. Like, non-factor. He is the definition of a non-factor is Avalanche without an E. And then it just continues to go on and on with Sid and, and, and Spivey just beating on this guy, to which we hear Teddy Long like saying, beat his ass. And it's great. And I just like comboing these two together because I don't know if we can say it enough that early 90s, especially like pre-Sid Justice, Sid Vicious, Sid is awesome just because it was such a spectacle, even more of a spectacle than Vader, just because, like, all of a sudden you just hear, Powerbomb! Like, you just scream it out into the crowd. <laughs> like, who called out their move like this to the crowd? You didn't hear Brett going, Sharpshooter? Does anybody want one? You're going to get one. And, like, no, nobody, he just, he just went and did it. So, that's why, like, to me, like, I had to go with, like, this weird kind of combo of just Sid, Sid slash Sid and Dan Spivey just against enhancement talent. It is glorious. That's my piece. That was beautiful. Before I go too deep into mine, the second half of of the Sid versus Lee Scott is the, uh, we'll say, the greatest hits of oh, the skyscrapers with Dude. Still the Night playing. I thought of Charlie because I was like, this would yeah. be so cool because the fact when that they played. When you play... sent me that pick, for some reason, I did not think that still in the might. I was thinking the slow in the steel of the, I was like, whoa, what is this going to be? But I'm glad Dude. it was that. And, you know, the, this is, was this not 89, 90 yeah. WCW? It, it, so, it's cut, like the way it's cut, like yes. the fast cutting back and forth. I'm like, this was cutting edge like stuff for them dude thank you so much for mentioning that because that is on the tail end of of the match with um with lee scott as you see this awesome highlight package for them and the funny thing is like it's not like they had like the best footage to even use of them yeah. like it really isn't but dude the fact that they like that's where like wrestling you wish wrestling was still out where they were licensing songs like this to use for highlight packages still because you know clearly like you know the the last time i really remember it like was it like they they used that Eminem song like for John Cena and um, and Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania like that was really cool like I feel like WrestleMania 30 <laughs> kind of was the like an an Eminem era source there for that but yeah yeah there's some good stuff that's my pick Charlie before I go into mine what you got bud uh oh what do I have in... What do I have? Oh, no, I'm here. What do I have in regards to what <laughs> about his pick? Yeah, like we we, we Oh, I, I mean, of, well, of course. I mean, the, like, like <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Will went on forever. I went and took a piss. <laughs> no, I've been sitting here the whole time. We've only done like 150 of these episodes. I didn't realize that it was my turn to talk. <laughs> Hello, my friend. 
<laughs> Hello, my friend. Damn it. No, it's uh, that. That's a great, uh, especially that match in particular. It's a it's a great squash match, and there is a re- Will's right. Like there is a real art to the way that Sid would work with jobbers. There there just is like, and not every and it made, and it got me thinking. Not every wrestler could work with the enhancement talent very well. Like I always remember as a kid watching a raw and the main event was a jobber versus Jerry Lawler. And the match was all like, was built around the fact that this guy loved doing a back body drop and he would just do it like every couple of minutes until finally Lawler figured it out and just powder over him. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> and like to me like that, uh, that just wasn't good. But it was like, well, I guess you shouldn't have one of your favorite moves be one that's easily counterable by a guy whose finisher is the counter. So, I mean, I never cared much for the jobber matches like that or the most of the ones that WWF would put on. Like, unless it was someone like Sid or Vader that that could do something like this, where it was actually fun to watch them destroy a guy, and someone like Sid doing that today, it wouldn't work because they don't really have jobbers anymore. And, and if they do, or if they did, they would only fight them once or twice. You know, like, I remember, uh, that's how they built up Razor Ramon originally was jobbers. And then one of the jobbers turned out to be the one, two, three kid, like two months later. And we didn't know who he was and he ended up winning and it kind of changed the game on the whole thing for, for them. But Sid versus jobbers is always a winner. And this match, I remember like when I first clicked on it, the clip's like four minutes long, and I was like, oh, God, I just want to see a damn move. But I'm so glad I watched the whole thing. You know, because the match for a jobber match, it's a 10. It's It was fucking amazing. And I want to say that that's the same spot that I've seen before that we've talked about with the, uh, the tornado powerbomb that he does. Yeah, the and, suicide. Dude, is that... Okay, they kept saying suicide. That's, that's the suicide? I guess. Okay. Well, the thing that's so cool about it is when after the guy hits the mat, he's still spinning. Like that's amazing <laughs> that he that he was able and it doesn't even look like he's like working it. It's like no, that's just physics from Sid just being as powerful as he was. Yeah, it's it's I think it's a great call. It is a fun match. Uh Brock Samson made flesh Sid vicious coming out and what makes this like really good is the calls well what's this guy doing he's a tag team specialist what's he (laughs) like like tag team people can't function without their partner yeah which is great he's also a a foot taller and a hundred pounds heavier i think he'll be all right can we get the (laughs) the the, his their entrance music bad ass underrated entrance theme holy and your build from the city of Metropolis. <laughs> oh, I love it. Versus a guy from That's Myrtle perfect. Beach. So, like, <laughs> when you gotta say this, you know, even it's Myrtle Beach, like, you know, it's it's got some name recognition. It's like Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Meanwhile, these guys from the city of blank, right? Like, there's no state. You just know this is a city, which may or may not be Kansas or may or may not be the coast. Who knows? DC's geography is so fucked up. Anyway. Going to Sid's move, the suicide. I'm surprised none of you guys asked this question. How can it be suicide if someone does it to you? 
Not I think assist. that's why I was confused. Maybe, yeah, the name was like, why they keep saying suicide? I'm not, I don't mean to draw attention yeah. to the title of it's our show. Maybe it's bomb. suicide to take the spot. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the it's the Kevorkian bomb. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know Jack like I know Jack. <laughs> and that would be a girl. Oh my god, I just wrote an awesome Sid promo. Just those two lines. Sid's always like a, a highlight, especially in these short things against like the when he would come out and just destroy people in ecw oh well, yeah. that bit those were fun the you know, like we you know sid as part of the horseman was like oh it's cool but then it's also not because he's really just rick flair's heavy you know he beats up the people our anderson can enforce <laughs> I mean, <laughs> from season one, like his world title reign is this weird, like, like consistent bit of consistency in, in what was that, that turn of 99 to 2000 WCW, where it was just getting really off the rails. And like, he has that three month run, like crazy enough. He has like a three month run with the belt. Like to think that somebody held the world title for three months at any point between 99 and 2000 or the end of WCW is crazy. And he didn't lose it. No. No. And, and so that's why, said Vicious, you're Will's pick. <laughs> and Lee Scott. Because this, this is really <laughs> Lee Scott's moment. Someone find him and let him know <laughs> that he's the pick. So, we're live, bro. Acupuncture something something. Senton acupuncturist. There we go. Bless you. And the world's best squash match are our host picks for 2021. Oh, we're down to the final two guys. The co-main event, as people like to say now. No, there's really only one. But every year, New Blood Rising Podcast likes to honor those moments when sometimes fans get involved. Um, you know, is it charity? Is it the guys working the lights? Is it so-and-so for all their philanthropy no no this is the warrior award we do it to the fans and this year we've got a doozy little back bit amy haven is the manager of her husband whose name i just forgot <laughs> like a second ago while i was trying to build Wait, up i feel like you're like but, bob Uecker in major league doing uh, this. yes it's great <laughs> this is the guy i refer to as chemo thor he is pretty... What? Okay, he's he's a skinnier dude. He comes out in like this almost medieval gear, no sleeves, crown. He's got long blonde hair. Obviously a heel. And I call him Chemo Thor, not in the ha-ha-ha, let's laugh at him. But to me, a, a good story would be a god, a warrior god like Thor gets real sick and frail and decides... I'm going to go fight mortals to, <laughs> to try to get my strength back. So he's having some tag match at an independent wrestling show in Alabama. Uh, and at this same show, the, the uh, saint of new blood rising podcast slash best of luck spot. Hall of Famer Scott Steiner is also at this show, not in this tag match, unfortunately, because that would have made this tremendous. But while this tag match is going on, Amy Haven a.k.a. the Alabama Heat Magnet. I gave her that name. She didn't do it. Is doing her job and doing a fucking good one. We don't know what she's saying to this lady. 
if this the clip starts and she's doing like that come on come on come on and i'm giving her the walmart lady voice as she backs away and the lady she was gesturing to decides to come on come on come on and they throw down there is a phenomenal forearm to her face there is some good hair pulling there's some punches here comes chemo thor being a good husband trying to help his wife out but here comes the husband of whoever this lady is and we get a tag intergender spousal abuse tag team match (laughs) it is very brief it is very fun and that's why amy haven alabama heat magnet you are the warrior award winner guys what you got flip Uh, a coin all right so what else because i'll keep it real brief here it's i mean this is why independent wrestling is phenomenal is for moments like this but also what i was gonna say is um you do kind of like there's part of me that wonders like i could i could see them working this out in a way you know what i mean to where like this was something that they 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 could have had planned, but man, I don't want to believe it because that thing is just phenomenal. Charlie, what'd you think? Like I said off air, it's the first time where I've seen the fans kind of get the upper hand. Uh, like she she goes immediately for Amy's hair, and it's like that's it. Uh, she like. That, that, that's what did it right there. And then, as you call him, Chemothor comes out. And then the other husband comes, and he's bigger than he is. And it's just like, this is not good. Uh, yeah, because usually the fun of these things is when the fans interject themselves in these situations. And they're just in way over their head. Well, these fans are in way under their head. Like, they totally won this. And it's it's... Kind of sad to me that, the, that this is how the Warrior Award's going to go this year because I love it when the fans get the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> I love it. Like, it's one of my favorite pastimes. It's one of the few things that I don't, that really no wrestling game has ever been able to truly replicate. I'd love to beat up the fans. Wait. Yeah. You want, I, you want to be able to just beat up the 2D people that hold the yeah. sign? All right. Yeah, you know, just like, I'll be with you in just a moment. You just exit the ring and go... You know, go over the rail, spear. You know, it's, it's something like that. Like it's it's one of my favorite things in wrestling. And you know, the wrestlers totally dropped the ball here. Yeah, shame on them. But now they're immortalized. So good for them. Yes, I love how you also pronounce Chemothor as one word. He's Chemothor. Chemothor. <laughs> Yea, verily, they grow them big in Alabama. The Odin son might not stand a chance. <laughs> but. Is it NASA in Alabama? Anyway, so here we are, guys. The big one. Oh, the our, big one, all right. Our, <laughs> our top award and top honors for the Best of Luck Spot Hall of Fame every year is as William quoted it years ago. Are you not sports entertained? And there can be only one, and boy, is it a doozy. This year's top award goes to Nia Jax. And her hole. My hole! My hole! It's off to work I go. So, I don't know why I did that. But, I think the uh, Coke energy drink I had a little bit ago is really getting it. But, in case you lived under a rock or was in a coma and 
don't have any kind of internet access, Nia Jax was facing Lana in a tables match, and Lana was laying part in the ring, part out on the hardest part of the ring, the apron. Nia Jax is going for that classic Undertaker leg drop that always looks great, especially if the camera's not focusing on it. It just happens in the background. But it's right here. And Lana moves. And Nia Jax lands hip first, ass first, I don't know, on the apron. Now what's weird is you can say, man, maybe, maybe it did hurt. I have broken my tailbone before. And you do stop. I, when I fell and cracked my tailbone, I stood up because I was just reacting to, oh crap, I fell before I realized that I had no feelings in my legs and I, I fell right back down. So I can imagine her just responding, saying something stupid, but she waits a few minutes. She sells it. I think she even says, oh, my butthole, like before she screams my hole for comedic value. And I don't think she told Lana because Lana looks like she's about to fucking lose it. Um, but there's no rest for the wicked. So as Nia Jax is there trying to cuddle her broken hole, Lana just puts her right through the table. But there are so many memes. There's like uh, master cuts on YouTube of all the versions of my hole. You know, it's just, it really is. There's not a better way to sum up since last year to now with everything else that's been going on. What gets our top honors? than someone breaking open their ass. Will, what you got? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, the the entertainment value this gave, and I thought this was particularly good for her just because, I mean, I feel bad, but, I mean, like, clearly, like, there, there, there's, there's, there's something to this with Nia Jax, like, hurting people. Like, it happens, like, like more than regularly. Granted, like, it, I don't think it... I, I think, like, she gets just railroaded on social media on the reg but i thought this was nice because it was at least like i mean it's her choice to say it like i thought it was a really funny bit that i thought well like you know if nothing else like it was really funny like and it really entertained people for a while because like i mean let's face it that whole storyline was going nowhere anyway so i thought it was just you know wwe's about moments right there you go that's exactly what it is so i liked it i thought it was some good stuff Charlie. I remember after it happened, a lot of people online were saying that it was uh, a work. And I got to say, if this was a work, uh, this is some of the best acting for a situation like this that I've ever seen. Because it's in that initial scream, uh, right when she hits the apron. That real surprise, ha ah! scream. Uh, that seems about accurate. Uh, for and I think my favorite comment that I would see in comment section is, "We know which hole that was." You know, <laughs> it's uh, it's amazing. Uh, and I remember WWE edited it afterwards. She does say my butthole. I forgot about that. But WWE edited it in repeats. Uh, like it's just like white noise or blank sound or whatever, and you can totally read her lips. Like they didn't bother to do anything about that. But it's it was a hell of a moment. I, I remember it was like the first real viral moment that wrestling had after the uh, the pandemic hit, and yeah, you know when I heard that 
uh, you guys were talking about doing this one for the Warrior Award, or not the Warrior Award, but the um, the Are You Not Sports Entertained? I was like, absolutely. I mean, there's not there's nothing else like like this. I feel like this came very close to crossing over past wrestling audiences with the memes and the gifts and the stuff and stuff like that. It's it's a hell of a moment. It's it's probably not one that she'll be super proud of. Maybe ten or fifteen years from now, but it uh, it definitely made me laugh when, when it first happened. Well, there we go. And if you make Charlie Stabile laugh when you first happen. Oh, now you've done something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Look at that. In tandem. <laughs> so, guys, that's it. We made it. We made it another year. Can you believe we're on our third president in the runtime of this show? That's Literally, awesome. tonight's show, we have gone through three. No, but we are. Is that right? Yeah. 2015. I'm still trying to wrestle with that one meme that says millennials trying to come to grips with the fact that they've, you know, they're in their 30s, but they've been alive in five different decades. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. still thinking about that. I just like the, <laughs> that just never. That's so bizarre. Man. Well, if you're a millennial that's been in a lot alive for five different decades and you know what's going on and you want to explain to charlie hood us up on our socials i'm at the jason keesler you can find us online at twitter at new blood pod at facebook new blood rising podcast will where are you at i am at william rankin 83 charlie and i am at cm underscore stabs we appreciate it don't forget at main event candle main event candle.com 20 off with best of luck at checkout Coming soon, WrestleMania weekend. The candles will be live. You can order them. Again, best of luck. Again, big thanks to Main Event Candles. Big thanks to everybody who sent stuff in, especially again our, our candle winner at Yardy316. We probably literally could not have done most of this episode without your legwork. So signing off, and thanks a lot, and we'll see you soon. Kick out! Kick out, Cactus! Goodbye, my friend. Goodbye. Goodbye, Cactus. Thanks for the great memories, buddy. You're going to be missed, Cactus. Godspeed, Mick Foley.